a lot of fans are talking about wanting to uh, ex- ex- expunge themselves and the organization of one Nick Ritchie, a move that we'll all agree just didn't work out for Kyle Dubas. And the Leafs uh, and Kyle Dubas certainly doing that. Uh, bringing back Ryan Dezingle and Ilya Labushkin from Arizona. Nick Ritchie going down to the desert along with the draft pick, which, of course, is contentious in this circumstance because everybody wants to get rid of their problems without having to, um, you know, uh, pay for it. And in this circumstance, it looks like the Leafs may pay for it. Good morning. Good morning, Norm. Um, yeah, I mean, let's just say this is not uh... – this is not the Gilmore deal. This is not the Dave Andertrek deal. This is not a deal of major consequence. This is mm-hmm. a deal where, yes, the Leafs had to pay a draft pick, a conditional pick, either a 2023 third or a 2025 second. So we're talking years in the future. Uh, up, that's the option of Arizona of which they want to take. So that, I'm assuming that 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 clause would come into. Uh, into effect at the 2023 draft based on who is there when the Leafs third round pick is. Um, but they're, they're paying that extra, they're paying that pick um, to clear the second year of Richie's contract. And, you know, make no mistake about it. This was, it ended up being a bad deal. I was in favor of, you know, taking the chance. He's a player with size uh, we knew he he was challenged in terms of his speed, but you know this team needed size and snarl, and there wasn't much snarl there. Honestly, he threw a couple checks, but there wasn't much pushback, and he simply couldn't keep up with the pace. They tried him on the first line, the second line, the third line, ended up on the fourth line, then ended up in the in the press box, then ended up with the Marlies, and he wasn't happy with the Marlies, and he just simply was not happy with what happened in Toronto over a half season, and now. He's going to get a chance to play probably first, second line minutes with the worst team or the second worst team in the league. And, you know, I wish I wish Nick Ritchie nothing but the best. But I'm looking at the deal. Um, Ryan Dezingle is a journeyman forward. Um, after they lost Adam Brooks on waivers, there had been talk for uh, a little while that they were looking for a little more veteran depth. Uh, just in case, like, somebody goes down. Um, that this guy could step in in a third or fourth line role. He can play wing. He can play center. He's been with Ottawa. He's been with Carolina. Um, you know, he's an experienced guy. But is he going to like all of a sudden like take Alex Kerfoot's spot on left wing on the second line? No. He's he's a fourth. He's an extra forward. And I think if they had been able to keep Adam Brooks, then I don't think that Zingle would probably would have been part of this deal. But now since Brooks got claimed by Winnipeg. Um, they needed uh, somebody who could play up the middle in case of injury. Um, Labushkin is someone that, I mean, I you know, I've watched a ton of Arizona games, and he's sort of somebody that sort of blends into the woodwork. He's not, you know, he doesn't stand out. He's not bad. He's not great. He's a right-hand shot. He's 27 years old. He's uh, above average skating-wise. Uh, he hits which he's 6'2", I think 205, so he's got size, um, you know, good teammate, but he's not, he, you know, don't lie to yourself. Don't let yourself be fooled. This is a guy who's not going to step into the top four. He's uh, a right-handed bottom pairing depth guy. As I say, the the a replacement for Zach Bogosian. Now, Bogosian was, because he's a veteran and he 
penalty. He was a good on the penalty kill. He was a mainstay on that bottom pairing. I don't know if Labushkin is going to be because they have these youngsters in Sandy and Lilligren that they need to play. Uh, and, you know, he might be in and out of the lineup. I do think, though, if they do make a trade, it will, and let's just say this, they still need to make a trade for a top four defenseman. If they don't, I think they're shortchanging their chances. Yeah, Jay uh, Scott, I think we need a stay-at-home defenseman, Sandine, and what does that say? Timma or not? Well, you're he's Okay, uh, Hall, Hall. <laughs> Get rid of everybody we don't want, everybody who's not contributing, and bring yeah. back great contributors. It, it's certainly not that easy. This is the combo for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com. Hey, I have some 2022 Ford Mavericks that are up for grabs. Uh, they've made the journey uh, across the um, Mexico-U.S. border and are just stationed in the uh, northern part of the United States for the last part of the journey, and that is into Canada and then to our dealership. Um, if you're looking for a kind of like an escape-esque type of vehicle, but with a truck bed uh, and a two-liter engine, all-wheel drive, uh, just get at me. I mean, these things are elusive. Everybody wants to get their hands on one. People are uh, putting in orders and wait and expecting to wait eight to ten months, maybe even a year to get one. I have two on the way, and it's like, this is what you get. You just get the 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 um, you know the the information from me on vehicles on a hockey podcast because I know that <laughs> I I know that's what you want. Labushkin, what a great name. Is that a is that a um a Russian gene company or is that a defense contractor? Labushkin. What does uh, that sound it, more like? It's a Russian beer company. Come to the mountains of Labushkin beer. Yeah, I, I love it. The the key here is Nick Ritchie is gone. And it's I guess not peculiar. It's just it just didn't work out. And what is good is that this is an aside to the bigger picture. The Leafs have uh, demons to exercise that date back, um, well, most recently to the debacle against the Habs and then going back to, you know, series against the Blue Jackets. And then, of course, all of those escapades with, with the Bruins. So we have a lot on our minds if this team stunk uh, or uh, was challenged to get into the playoffs, the Richie story would be a lot bigger than it was and than it currently is right now. They got rid of the dude. Uh, all the best to him. The guys coming back, we, we know they're not major players. Uh, a major player to be acquired by the Maple Leafs is a potential thing to come before the trade deadline, Mike. And I know a lot of people, and if obviously uh, J.A. Scott wants to see uh, a defensive-minded individual, most likely playing on defense, <clears throat> join this team to solidify, um, you know, what is you know going to be a very important component to this team being successful down the stretch and, of course, into the playoffs. And Mike, we can, um, you know, connect though, you know, connect this thought process to what happened last night. Uh, the Leafs losing six-three to a St. Louis Blues team that is really good. And you even said it before we went live. Um, the Leafs defense certainly needs to improve, and that's not a knock against the team as a whole, but if it wants to take the next step, um, improvement is something that has to happen constantly. Well, I, you saw the game earlier in the week against Pittsburgh. Um, you know, they they beat Seattle, which, you know, a good team should beat Seattle because they're an expansion team. And, um, you know, Jack Campbell played really well against uh, Pittsburgh on Thursday, which is probably his best start in since December the 1st. 
um, 45 saves. But you can't depend on Jack Campbell to be like to stand on his head. And in that game, they are have been experimenting with different defense partners with Jake Muzzin. They started with Sandine playing on his offside again with Muzzin. Um, they were on the ice for the Malkin goal and sort of out of position. So um, they went back to Liljegren, who has traditionally played well with Muzzin. Um, but I think they gave him more ice time yesterday to see what he could do. And, you know, he had a couple hiccups. And, uh, you know, I, I think that for this team to be – to have a good chance of beating one of those top two teams – in the in the Atlantic, either Florida or Tampa, mm-hmm. they're going to need to solidify that second pairing to have somebody who complements Muzzin that can be a shutdown against a good line. And really, I I don't think that, and I I'm not saying that they can't be because eventually I think Sandy and Lilligren will be top four defensemen, but it's not going to be by April. It's going to be you know the next couple years. So maybe Mike, and sorry to interrupt you, but they don't they become top four type of guys having had experience in a playoff situation where the chips are down and they come through and make a big play that that sticks with them that that is part of the the formation of of a hockey player to have those big moments but if you keep bowing out in the first round with your tail between your legs you know it's just we need to get to that level and these guys need support so that they can develop into the types of defensemen we all think they can become it's pretty simple they need support but but they also don't need to be exposed and the problem is is that at a young age with limited nhl experience i mean they're finally getting uh significant and consistent ice time in the nhl this year after being with the marlies for a number of years with sandine and lilligren um yeah, so they're making their mistakes, and that that's expected. But um, you can't afford young and experienced players to make mistakes in a playoff scenario. The one mistake kills you. Travis Dermott giving away the puck in Game Six uh, killed the Leafs. Sandine giving up the way that giving away the puck uh, in one of those games killed the Leafs. They don't have the luxury of of allowing these guys to make mistakes <laughs> i love how it's on the tip of your every single moment from that series right there oh i mean <laughs> it wasn't one thing it was a cumulative effect and the thing is is like you know dermot giving up the puck in that in that overtime you know was it was an absolute killer so you know i, I i'm just i mean i'm sure kyle dubas knows this and i'm sure you know he's more than willing to give up the assets that are needed uh, to get that type for defenseman. But if the price tag yeah. gets to a point where, you know, it's, it's too much, then he probably won't do it. And then, then, then in that instance, you're going to have to give one of these kids an opportunity to play 20 plus minutes a night in a, in the crucible of the postseason. And, you know, I mean, we can only hope that they succeed, but yeah. It's, so let's it, just read I, this here. Artist formerly known as Jabroni Jabber Brody. If you trade Nylander, who replaces his 30 goals a year? Do people also forget he was the buff? All right. Okay. Um, Jesus Christ. Oh I mean, first okay. of all. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, all right, just hold on a sec real quick. Oh, so God. who cares if he lose 30 goals? Nick Robertson will score 30 goals. Would you? Would you? Rem- but hold on a sec. Maybe. No, no. But you, you can you not find 30 goals like like that? 
Like, I don't understand. No, no, you can't find 30 goals. No, like I don't. Come, come. So you're telling me you lose the 30 goals and no, you don't you... succeed. But if you lose the 30 goals and replace those 30 goals with a defensive help, this this team can't succeed. I like, come on now. Like, well, no. Okay. What I'm, what I'm saying is like in this past off season is an example. They found Michael Bunting at an economical rate and he's playing with Matthews and Marner and he's going to score probably 25 goals. Okay. And that's good. That's, that's great. And that's fantastic. Um, Nylander when on, when hopping on all eight cylinders to use the uh, Ford Maverick example. Um, it's, 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 it's four cylinders, four man. Cylinders? Come on, okay, get, get with the EcoBoost, buddy. Then the two power Mavericks. is there with a smaller engine. Mike, just while, while we're – hold on a sec. But here's the thing, right? I mean, if Mars traded, who replaces his 100 points? Like, Nobody. So, but that's what – what I'm saying, though, is you get rid of – I mean, you move something. Like, the Leafs have offense in abundance. And I'm just – They don't – no. Know. I, I disagree. Okay. I disagree with that slightly. They, they have the centers in Tavares and – Matthews that can create offense. Nylander, up until the up until I'd say about a month ago, was having the best year of his career. Was yeah. playing consistently. Okay, then all of a sudden he turned into Mister Willie, and he nine goals, nine goals or nine games without a goal, minus twelve. Last right. night he scores two goals. Okay. okay, he you know in in the cumulative he's going to score thirty goals. They can't have him disappear for weeks on end. I'm not even talking about Nylander specifically. What I'm saying is the Leafs have the second most goals for in the league. If 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 you lose 30 goals, but you gain on the blue line, and that's the that's the essence of this discussion is that the Leafs need a better uh, a better group back there defensively, more responsibility guys who can take the load so that the the younger guys who are developing aren't exposed. What's the What's the harm well, in that? That's what I'm saying. So this idea that, oh, you're going to lose Nylander's 30, and he was the best forward in last year's well, playoffs. Well, he wasn't the best forward I, in the playoffs prior, and the Leafs lost those ones too. You right? know, what I'm saying is, though, you have to give up something to get something else. And you're going to give, you're going to lose, you're going to lose a good player. You're going to lose their production. It's going to suck. He, but the idea here is that Kyle Dubas, either he's trying to save his, his own job or he's you know, in a position where he's feeling good and needs to take this team to the next level, he's going to have to make these decisions, right? And we're going to have to confront them as a fan, as a fan right. base, whether we like them or not. But, but the intent here is to, um, you know, to to take uh, something of of power, even he, it out, and to, um, you know, well, you know, you know, that, build something that you're lacking. You know that I'm a proponent of trading Neander if it improves the defense, but. Yes. Uh, replacing the 30 goals won't be easy. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, yeah, yes, you, uh, Nick Robertson could come up and if he's playing with Tavares, score 20 goals. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then you still have to replace the 10. So, I mean, it's not impossible because you have talent up the middle and those guys are playmakers and they can and they can generate offense for you. But, um, you know, right now, it, it's more than just trading Nealander to open up the cap space. It's trading Nealander to, if that's what they do, if they fall short in the first round again, to get young assets in return that can help you that are cheap and to have to open up the cap space to to add a defenseman. So, I mean, right right now, my issue is they can get something before the deadline. They can get someone, whether it be Giordano or Ristolainen or uh, Ben Sherratt, although I, I think Sherratt's going to go someplace else. 
Um, you know, there are three or four top legitimate top four defensemen out there that the Leafs can acquire. Yeah, probably have to give up a first round pick, which mm-hmm. I'm sure they're not anxious to do, but they probably, you know, they could do that. And that would improve their chances. Now, will it guarantee that they're going to beat Florida or Tampa? No, it's not. There's no guarantees, yeah. but it's clear to my, my, in my estimation that they can't beat those teams unless they're better one through six on the blue line. And we know this also. This team plays really well defensively during the regular season. It's a different game. When April 29th, uh, which is the last game of the regular season, when that rolls by, it's a completely different season. You know, these defensemen, they have time to make plays and go behind the net. And the playoffs, they're on you constantly. And they will not be able – they will not have time. They will make mistakes. They always do. And, you know, they'll need the goaltending to save them at that point, but they need defensemen who can make less mistakes. And those are guys who can play top four minutes and that are experienced. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, we repeat ourselves all the time. It's not about William Nylander, it's an individual, okay? The guy, he's a certain player. But but the, the fans brag about this player because he his, his payment is commensurate with his production. And don't you think that is an attractive tool for Kyle Dubas to have if he needs to, you know, make big, big, big changes to to one aspect of this team that that is lacking and that certainly needs it? Don't you think that makes him attractive to other teams? That's so. Again, you know, he's a he's a victim of his own contract. We we brag about it, but we're not the only ones who think it's great. And um, you know, uh, uh, artist Jabroni, whatever. Uh, he made a point that you trade him in the off season if if things sh- if if the Leafs shit the bed, and that's exactly it. Like no one wants to move out uh, William Nylander, anybody of substance right now to bring back another player who um, will, will be helpful. But you've lost in this this circumstance. I'm saying as a in a whole, like the Leafs have a a, a ton of offense. That's not where they're lacking. Um, now the question is, Mike, do you think? that the the Leafs are I mean with a first round pick dangled that's going to suck to give up a you know a potential superstar and a pick but again we're here now and this team has to make some strides um the the likelihood of a, the the player coming in to the fold uh will be a you know a, a, here, a player here for a good time not a long time I mean, I'd like to say it's likely. It's all a question of what the market will bear. It's all a question of like how much it'll cost. I mean, there's talk about Sherratt costing a first-round pick and a prospect, and that's. I don't think that that's a price that the Leafs are willing to pay for Sherratt. Now, they might be willing to pay it for Ristolainen. They might be willing to pay it for Klingberg or somebody with term, like a David Savard if he's healthy or Scott Mayfield or whoever. I mean, I'm just saying, I, I, you know, it, it all depends on what the market bears. Do I think that they're looking for a top four defenseman? Yes. Do I think that the reason that they're testing out to see whether Sandine and Lilligren can play top four is because they want to make absolute sure that they don't have the answer internally before they go externally? Yes. But do I think that those guys right now in the next month are going to be able to play and give Sheldon Keefe enough confidence that they you know, like I can go with Timothy Lilligren 20 minutes a night in a playoff scenario? I don't mm-hmm. think that's I think he's good. I think he's 
really made steps. I like them. I, I, I'm not for including either Sandine or Lillian in trades. Um, I, I, I think that they're, they're looking to them as future cornerstones on this blue line. But are they good enough right now? No. Yeah, so, I think that's a question for community. Uh, YouTube.com slash the Leafs combo. Are, are you comfortable with this team going forward if it doesn't make a deal for a defenseman? This is the Leafs combo for Oak Ridge Ford, Norm, along with Mike. I don't know if you can see that. I really don't know how to put up pictures. It's uh, oh, That doesn't look very good. And look, there's the, the ring light there. Um, that's Don Edwards. So in community, I asked the question uh, with that picture accompanying it. Um, who is this goaltender with Gretzky, you know, lurking in the background? And I got Alan Bester, Tim Bernhardt, Darren Poole. I got, I couldn't believe that nobody knew who that was. The funny thing is I had to ask you, <laughs> Donnie Edwards, did Bob Sove play for the Leafs too? Or was no. he just, no, uh, he was a, he was a Sabre through and through, eh? Um, he was Sabres except for, he was traded as part of the big Mike Felino Dale McCourt deal in 81. And then he ended up coming back to Buffalo, but I think he only played for Buffalo other than that little mini thing. And he may have played somebody for somebody at the end of his career, like, Colorado or something like that or Quebec, but he was mostly Sabres. OG's Converse, thanks so much for your contribution in the chat. We appreciate it. Um, make make sure to like the post on YouTube. Click the bell icon so you'll know what's coming up. We'll have a bunch of content leading up to the trade deadline and then beyond. <clears throat> Let's hope this is a uh, a terrific final season for for the convo uh, that lasts throughout the playoffs and a uh, you know a deep 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 journey towards the Stanley Cup and who knows you know the Leafs may go on and do it they may surprise us the they they may take that leap um, that you know a lot of us are skeptical they can take at this point and just shove it in our faces and win a bloody Stanley Cup and wouldn't that be an absolutely wonderful thing uh, for for many reasons uh, you know other than the fact that uh, this is going to be the swan song for for the Leafs combo as it sits Right now, Mike and I really do appreciate you uh, hanging in for the ride, and it's going to be a good one down the stretch. Jesus, Murphy, the the Montreal Canadiens with nine bloody wins. No wonder why they're asking for so much for you know decent players. They're thinking, man, we need to accrue as much as many elements as we possibly can to dig ourselves out of this bloody hole. Wow, nine yeah. wins! Come on, man. But it looks good on them. They won well, the cup last year when they beat the Leafs, right? So, well, yeah, there you go. Well, it was funny because um, Jeff Merrick reported yesterday that uh, Marie Philippe Poulin, the uh, gold medal winner for Team Canada, um, that the Habs had approached uh, her as being part of like their management team, mm -hmm. part of the group that they're. And I says, of course, she's not going to uh, take that job. She's a winner, mm -hmm. and the Habs aren't. Yeah, but you know she wants to play still. I yeah, they're 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 a rebuild. They're in a rebuild situation. It's going to take them three or four years. They're going to dump a bunch of players. Carey Price probably will not be on their team next year. Maybe they trade Brendan Gallagher. Um, you know, but you know they're it, it, it. The fact that they're as bad as they are just makes the loss last year sting even more for a lot of Leaf fans. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean. The 
getting to the Stanley Cup finals the, the way they did, I checked out mentally after the Leafs lie. I was just so pissed off with the way it happened. But from Montreal's perspective, man, that must have been, I mean, the fans' perspective there, that must have been such a ride. They were so close. Well, they'll, and, um, they'll be dining out on that for years. What's that? They'll be dining out on that for years. Would we not be dining out on that? No, I don't think so, because if the Leafs had beaten the Habs last year, it would have been what was expected, because mm-hmm. the Habs were the worst team in the playoffs. They were mm-hmm. six, ranked 16th, and the Leafs were, what, fourth or fourth? It shouldn't mm-hmm. have happened. We know the reasons why it happened. We're not going to legislate that over again, but it's just, you know, I mean, the fact that the Habs are an absolute joke along the lines of the Coyotes and the Sabres this year just makes what happened last May even worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 1967. 1967. Don't forget the year. Who, who can? So, Mike, if if someone comes up to you at, at uh, Scotiabank Arena, they, they they get your autograph, they they bow, they 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 worship, um, they cry, they take pictures, they do sure. live streams, yeah. and then they ask you, who do you think the Leafs pick up before the trade deadline to make the team better, and put it put the team in a in a, a situation um, to to be successful going forward? Who is that player? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 you know, like I, if it was me and you're you're talking about all things being equal in terms of the price, I know that I talked to somebody yesterday, and as soon as I said this name, they sort of, sort of shrieked in horror because he's not an analytics. He he, he is hated by the <laughs> analytics crowd. And that's Ristolainen. I think Ristolainen would be a perfect fit on the on the right side with Muzzin. He's big. He's mobile. He's tough. Um, he's not particularly bad offensively. He's actually decent offensively. You know, he, he's not a complete shutdown guy, but I don't, I don't think there's a perfect guy out there that the Leafs can trade for that will answer all their questions. But in terms of, you know, eating ice time and physicality and, and being a righty, I think he, he checks off the most boxes, but I don't know whether, you know, we don't know whether Philadelphia is going to trade him. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if they are going to trade him, what the price would be. But if he, you know, and I don't know if the Leafs can able to be able to afford his salary unless they wash it through a third team. And, you know, that will cost additional draft picks or prospects too. So, you know, it's, it's a tough proposition, but I do think that Kyle Dubas has to do it. So, yeah, you, you think he has to, he has to ask himself internally and, and he'll run it past his, his staff is it worth jumping through these hoops and over these hurdles to make something like this happen at this point? And man, oh man, um, you know, Corey Parrish seems to think that uh, the Leafs will get a bit of a mental break going into a series against Tampa or, or Florida as the underdog, and they could just go and relax and play their game. Yeah. Unfortunately, I just, Corey, you, the, Corey's the epitome of a true OG and convert. He's going to be with us all the way to the, uh, the very last show. But I'll tell you right now, um, that the the idea of just going in and relaxing and playing your game and not having pressure is makes no no sense whatsoever. This team is under will be under severe pressure um, to right to to the minute that they either you know win it or lose it. I mean, Corey, I just have to say this: Do you remember the beginning of the season? They lost four games in a row. 
and people were ready. Trade Mitch Marner, fire Sheldon Keefe, Dubas has got to go. What the hell is wrong with this team? It was four games at the beginning of the regular season. It wasn't the playoffs. You know, they have they lose two games in a row to Calgary and Vancouver in Vancouver, and people were saying, like, what's the deal here? I'm like, you know, there's a lot of pressure on this team. They will try all the their their utmost to alleviate and keep that pressure off of them. Mm-hmm. But it's there. It's not it's not going anywhere until they win, until they win a, at least a round. That pressure, even though, you know, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner were not here in 2004 or 2013 when they lost to Boston, the pre- the cumulative pressure of them losing in the postseason will continue to hang over this team no matter what they say or do until they win. Hmm. The whole point of building your team to be better is to get through the regular season in as good a position as you possibly can, then catapult. Um, through a round two, three, and then on the way to the, the finals. That That is the thing, Mike. And, um, you know, I, I'm really hoping that the team positions itself well, not only statistically, at, by the time game 82 rolls around, but mentally, right? And then you can do, you can do that by bringing in the reinforcements players who fit fit not so much the structure but fit the idea fit the philosophy what are we trying to accomplish here um and then just take on who you take on with the expectation you're going to win not because you're exercising demons you know that'll just happen but because you're you're meant to win you you have the ability to win and this is um if this is your time right so that's I mean, that's what I'm hoping happens. Uh, and again, it's sort of a motivational, inspirational kind of talk. And it's easy, easier said than done. But that's what I'm I'm really hoping, as opposed to the team, you know, I don't know, sort of crawls into the playoffs, in a de- even in a de- decent spot. And then turns this turns into a whole David versus Goliath kind of thing when it really shouldn't become that. Um, because this team is a Goliath. And the um, the disappointment and the frustration grows and grows, and this becomes a behemoth as the years go by. And this team hasn't uh, done anything of substance um, in the playoffs because, uh, man, um, like I said, hi- history weighs heavy <laughs> on all of us. It's just not going to go away until the team starts making strides. And why not this season? Last word to you, Mike. Um, well, it, it's going to be curious to see how soon the two new additions get in the lineup. Um, I even think it's possible based on what happened this week in terms of Adam Brooks being placed on waivers after they claimed him that you could see Dezingle placed on waivers. It might be, it might've been even a move to open up cap space and hope that somebody either claims him or hope you can get him down to the Marlies. And then, you know, you have a month of building up deadline cap space um, so I, I don't put anything past the organization right now, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. And we have, you know, a busy schedule this week with Montreal on Monday uh, at Columbus, uh, at Montreal on Monday at Columbus uh, on Tuesday, and I think believe it's Minnesota on Thursday. So busy times for the Leafs. Yeah, that's right. And then they'll uh, wrap up the week with a game in detroit uh and those games are always fun because you do have um you know a nice 
variation of fans, Leaf fans, uh, Wings fans, and um, you know, hopefully the Leafs can uh, wrap up the week with success on the score sheet and you know, just uh, a, a feeling of accomplishment in their hearts um, as as we push forward. Mike, uh, it's been a blast. I appreciate it very much. Uh, OG's Conference, thanks for being here in the chat. I like how the numbers are ticking up. More people want to be a part of it. We're doing the 10 o'clock start time now um, to allow Mike's hangover to wear off a little bit so that, I mean, he can be uh, at peak when he... <laughs> when he's when he's doing the show uh yeah mike um thanks for all you do you do a great job covering the maple leafs and of course uh i'm glad that you're able to get back out to scotia bank arena be there on site to cover this team that um causes you so much stress but still still um you know burns is so so passionately in your heart because you know i think this is a race either you know this team you know wins a, a stanley cup before you pass away or you know it it, it doesn't um and really that's what it all comes <laughs> it all comes down to for us old fogies doesn't it yeah i couldn't say it better myself <laughs> all right for mike i'm norm have a great week guys talk to you soon